With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another edition of Know Your Enemy. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined as always, goodness, get the intro out, Mike, uh, by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict, BTSC's film guru. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good this night. Interesting. I, I think we'll need to dive into that uh, uh, fairly quickly into this episode, but... Uh, our special guest, uh, Chris Blystone from Stampy Blue. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Our pleasure. Now, th- this is a, a fairly substantial game for either team. Uh, w- one team's uh, been having a, a super solid, uh, not as streaky year as, uh, as, as the other team. I, I think we both know who we're talking about here. But uh, Chris, uh, what's the vibe going uh, with the Colts this year? And uh, how's, uh, how's everything feeling down in Indianapolis? Uh, it's pretty positive. Uh, it's It's been kind of building over the past few weeks as the offense has kind of caught up to the performance the defense has had. It's been a flat performance, really, not necessarily um, really high highs or really low lows, which I guess is is a positive thing. The question a lot of Colts fans have had is, can they raise their game when it gets down to crunch time Is it's getting toward the playoffs? And um, if the Colts can get in, what kind of, I mean, flat doesn't always work in the playoffs. You can be steady, but you sometimes need to have those big performances. And uh, it's been nice to see the offense kind of show up over the past few weeks and, and give some hope. So I think it's optimistic at this point. Now, Jeffrey, uh, simple question. Uh, is the sky falling? It, it is, it is, it is partly falling. Yes. <laughs> the sky is kind of falling. Uh, in Pittsburgh, there's some hope though. There's some hope. We'll get. We'll have time to get into that. But there, there is some hope. Um, this team has a few weeks left. They're running out of time to get this fixed, but they're they're working at it. Working at it, they are. Uh, 
I think some of us watching the, that last uh, Monday night game, uh, a bit of a tough one, a bit of a challenge for uh, for some Steeler fans, or probably all Steeler fans to get through, to be completely honest. But, Chris, the Steelers started the year 11-0, find themselves on a three-game losing streak and have completely fallen off. Are the Steelers ripe for the picking? I, I So I'm always nervous about this. The Steelers, it's funny because I went back and looked at a stat because um, I was just curious how the, the Colts have never fared well in my uh fandom time uh, against the Steelers. And I wasn't sure how bad it was. And so since 1998, um, I you, you think of that as being like the golden era of Colts and Patriots as far as, you know, kind of getting a one up on us. They they seem to be the team that always stopped us. Uh, actually, we did better against the Patriots than the Steelers. They I think they only won like 22% of the time against the Steelers in that time. So we have definitely got a complex uh, about the Steelers. And I think if most fans were honest, they would say we, we marked on this count this date this game on the calendar as a loss uh at just just at the beginning of the season just cross it off uh many Colts fans are of a mind that until they beat the Steelers that's just going to be an automatic loss in our minds um so you could say we've been affected <laughs> but uh I don't know I mean I think that the Colts are a good match if you take that away and just look at the the product on the field I think it's a close matchup I think they both do things that will be really interesting to see but um I would tell you there are very few Colts fans that go into this game with any kind of confidence and it probably wouldn't matter what either team was playing like you know what though I think that probably goes in Indianapolis's favor because the last two weeks against Buffalo I believe the Steelers hadn't uh lost to the Bills uh oh it was it was a really long streak I, I can't remember the exact date the Bengals they haven't lost them since 2015 and then the Washington football team they haven't lost them since the early 90s I, I believe was the the number so if the Colts have been struggling it means uh, I mean that probably means the Colts are probably gonna end up winning the game uh if uh, recent history means anything Jeffrey you're shaking your head uh my, I guess the, the only uh, proper question right now is are the Steelers gonna win another game this year <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to win another regular season game. I really don't. They're, they're, what we saw in that last game was was a little weird. Um, and really what they're doing is they are trying to – they're treating this kind of like another preseason. It's like the playoff preseason right now. Uh, they, they seriously, in the last game, their offense didn't make sense until I looked at a bunch of different angles and I was like, okay, what they're doing is they're, they're treating this like preseason and they're – trying to like reinvent their offense and do it right this time. They're trying to force Ben Roethlisberger to do things he's uncomfortable with that they need him to do for this offense to get fixed. And they're just throwing it at him and being like, well, we're going to power through and you're going to, if you're going to have a bad game, you're going to have a bad game. But this team realizes that the offense has been solved. The offense they were running has been solved. They've got to do it right. They got to go back, implement Matt Canada stuff, get the run game going and do this correctly. And they've got a couple of weeks left to do it before the playoffs. Nothing before the playoffs matters. This team isn't aiming for 12 and four. They're not aiming for 13 and three. They're not even aiming for another, they're what, 23rd AFC North, AF, their 23rd division title. They're not even aiming for that. They're, they're aiming for a playoff run. And so they, they have the ability to treat the last couple of games as just glorified practices where they're trying to get this offense fixed. Hopefully it works. Oh man, eleven zero start and then a zero and five collapse would, would be pretty historic. Uh, I'm I've been trying to keep my eyes away from some of that national media type stuff, but uh, I could only imagine how bad that could be. But uh, getting into the matchup and try to get away from the doom and gloom, but I'm sure there's going to be a definitely a underlying tones of that throughout the episode, Chris. One player in particular I, I really want to ask you about is DeForest Buckner and how he's changed that defense and how good he's been. 
Yeah, somehow a guy who has done what he's done has been an underrated player this year. Didn't make the Pro Bowl, which is definitely on everybody's radar. You can expect him to be very motivated to make uh, an impression there. And I don't think that anybody would would disagree that the Pro Bowl has its issues. But uh, Colts players definitely take it seriously and kind of play with a chip on their shoulder. Chris Ballard really couldn't have done a better job spending that first round pick because he's absolutely changed this defense from the top to bottom. And you really need to look no more um, into it than the difference between the first game against the Titans and the second game where he was absent from that game. And it was a beatdown. Uh, and Derrick Henry went wild. Um, they honestly just play completely differently with him there. Uh, Grover Stewart, the nose tackle has been on fire this season because he's getting individual one-on-one matchups and eating these guys up. Um, You've got guys on the edge, Justin Houston, who's really not in his prime uh, and he's not, he's not bad, but he's definitely lost a step. Uh, but he's able to play smart and and get one-on-one matchups because guys have to deal with and they've got to bring protection in to deal with DeForest Buckner. He's been a huge disruptive force, even though the stat line doesn't necessarily reflect that. And his pressure in the middle and pushing the pocket has actually increased uh, the ability of the coverage. Uh, it was an area the Colts fans thought, especially in the early offseason, that we were going to address the corner position more. Xavier Rhodes obviously was brought in and has been okay, but um, man, it all starts up front. And when DeForest Buckner plays like he has been playing, it just makes the whole rest of that defense better. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, just one first round pick for DeForest Buckner. Was that the trade? Yep. Pick 13. That was the trade. That and, seemed... and they had to re-sign him to a pretty nice deal, but, but honestly worth it. Well, I mean, Khalil Mack, I, I think that was like three firsts in a yeah. couple seconds. So I, I, I think you came out on top, kind of like how the Steelers are pulled Mink away. How is that only one first round pick as well? But uh, <laughs> Jeffrey, talking about Buckner specifically, the Steelers offensive line has been putrid the last couple of weeks. They've been all right in pass pro, but as soon as they have those long developing plays, it, we know why Ben's been throwing the ball quickly. Uh, how are the Steelers going to stop DeForest Buckner in this defensive line? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I was watching the film and David DeCastro actually had a better game than what he's been having. I mean, that's that's faint praise, but he did look better against Cincinnati's uh, defensive line, which was missing everybody. Like there's nobody on that line right now. Uh, so he looked better, but DeForest Buckner, <laughs> like that's this is going to be an absolute nightmare for that interior offensive line that has been struggling. They've been struggling a lot and that's going to be a serious challenge if he can collapse the inside of the pocket. Uh, we, we saw Ben take a sack last week when the when the Bengals weren't getting good pressure. Uh, we saw him take a sack because he started in shotgun, took a three-step drop, and they sacked him 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, edge rushers don't have a problem getting to you if you drop back that far. They don't even have to turn the corner. They can just run straight back. Uh, so if, if Buckner is able to dominate the middle of the, the, middle of the uh, offensive line – like he has been with most teams. That's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be really bad news for the Steelers. Now I did want to talk about this a little bit later, but Chris, you didn't bring up Justin Houston. I, I'm just curious his game this year. You said he took has taken a bit of a step back, but Justin Houston in general is he still one of those kind of uh, guys you got to look out for as an edge rusher? Absolutely. And I guess probably I should clarify that in terms of a step back, I just mean he's lost a little bit of his speed. He's not a speed rusher. He's not going to beat you that way. And he's he's just smart. He's got great hands. Uh, so he's he's getting guys um, with his good hand work. He's got uh, several different you know pass rush moves that he can beat you with. And he's a really powerful player still. Um, not a player that you can leave one on one and expect to win that matchup all game long. And he's done well. I mean, he's got two safeties on the year, which is insane. He's, I think, tied the 
uh, career safeties. Um, you know, I think it's, I think he's tied for the, for the top career safeties, um, which isn't obviously exclusively on him, but he's, he's been very opportunistic. He's been a very valuable asset, but I don't think that you would see that kind of production from him. If he was the top guy, like he was last year, he'd have an okay year uh, and you'd feel good about him as a player, but he's so much better. If he's not the main guy, if he can kind of be a supplemental player on that line, he, he really is helpful in that role. Now, Jeffrey, Alejandro Villanueva had his worst game in quite some time against the Bengals. He had his lunch eight pretty much all game long. Is this going to be another long, long week or playing up against Justin Houston? It, it just seems like a, a recipe for disaster right now. I like Villanueva against Houston as a better matchup. I like him better in this game than I did against Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson is another guy that's underrated. Uh, he's, again, no help. He's a guy who has no help. Uh, but he does a good job himself. It's just way too easy to scheme and and have your quarterback know. You know, just take a couple steps, you know, away from that guy. Make sure you're not exposing yourself to him. Uh, it's a lot easier. So I I think Alejandro Villanueva should have a bounce back game. Uh, we'll see. Now, Chris, I, the Colts are new to this kind of 04 quarterback rival rivalry, but. The quarterback rivalry definitely isn't new for the the Colts by any means. But Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, they, they actually haven't played a ton of times throughout their career, just, despite both being in the AFC. But just by your perspective, does this kind of seem like the last time these two guys will play in a regular season game against one another? Uh, I guess I guess that depends because honestly, way the way that Rivers has played, I think I fully expect him to be back next year. Um, I the Colts are not in a great spot to go get a quarterback, and I think they've got some other positions they're going to want to address. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Philip Rivers again, and I, I guess uh, it'll just depend on if Ben is back. But it's definitely one of the last times, um, and I, I think that it's just it's impressive what these guys have both done. And I, I just it's going to be it's all it's always cool to see these kinds of matchups with guys who are legendary players that are that are you know I don't know if Rivers is going to be a Hall of Fame guy, but you're talking about potential Hall of Fame guys that um, just really. Man, it's just it's cool, and you kind of have to sit back and appreciate it. As uh, fans who watch Peyton Manning, you it goes by so fast um, that you really sometimes just need to appreciate. You take a breath and appreciate that you're seeing some of these great players. Uh, you don't just always go get a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. Sometimes you struggle for a while. So, um, well, as I guess Chiefs fans know, <laughs> before they got you know Patrick Mahomes, you, you don't necessarily get that guy immediately. And so, um, definitely excited to to see that matchup and have to kind of take a breath and appreciate it. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Ben Roethlisberger is slated to make somewhere in the neighborhood of $43 million next year. So I, I can assure you Ben Roethlisberger is <laughs> going to be playing in the NFL uh, next year for, uh, at the very least. But uh, Jeffrey, same question to you. Is, is this uh, do you think this could be the last time you see uh, Rivers and Ben? There's a chance. There is a chance uh, solely because the team who wins this game is most likely going to win their division and the team who doesn't is most likely not going to win their division. Uh, I think if the Steelers lose this game, they're probably going to lose to the Browns. Browns are going to be insanely fired up to beat this team if they have a chance to win the division. So I would say likely because that means next year, I don't I don't think they would play each other next year. Uh, and I, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be around that long that said i know a lot of people are saying you know the Steelers need to get rid of ben and move on uh but we all we've all seen this franchise we've all seen how they treat ben roethlisberger uh that's not dan rooney that's art the second in in that in that owner's office and as long as ben roethlisberger wants to be a Steeler, this team will be ride or die with ben 
and that's it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Chris, getting back to the Colts quarterback, Philip Rivers, of course, his first year there, uh, replacing Jacoby Brissett, who obviously is still on the team. But how has he changed the Colts offense uh, moving into that spot and being that kind of veteran force driving the offense? I mean, it's been night and day different. And, um, you know, Colts fans were so frustrated because of one of the problems that Brissett struggled with last season was getting through his progressions, getting the ball out quickly. Um, He had this... (laughs) He actually has a Big Ben-like ability to avoid pressure and not get taken down, but then he just throws the ball out of bounds or um, takes a needless sack later or runs out of bounds or would just you know throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball to his running back five yards downfield. He just did – I mean, he'd make an incredible play with his feet and then something mind-boggling, and it was frustrating to watch. Rivers is such a smart player that he's doing things at the line the Colts haven't seen in a long time. Um, I'm not sure Andrew Luck was moving through things the way that he does maybe. Um, But I mean, they're just seeing him be able to get them in the right looks. Uh, They're putting themselves in position to do well early and he's making good throws. He's been accurate. Um, He hasn't been, I mean, his throw is still as ugly as he, like it's the ugliest throwing motion I've ever seen. Uh, It does not get easier to watch. I mean, the more I've watched it, the more it's like, oh man, this is just gross. I don't know how he makes the ball go where it's supposed to go throwing like that, but he does. Um, and he's done it for a long time. So, yeah, I, I think that Colts fans were begr- have begrudgingly come around to Philip Rivers. They were not huge fans of him in general, um, you know, overall. But I think we've come around because he's played really, really pretty well. And it's I think he's on pace at this point to take the, the fewest sacks that he's had in his career, uh, which is probably playing a significant role in that. Now, Jeffrey, quick side question. Who's an uglier throw motion, uh, Byron Lefwich or Philip Rivers? Ooh. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, I would go with Philip Rivers being ugly. Byron's was just slow. You're like, come on, Whoa. dude. You're like watching it. Like, come on, throw, come on, throw the ball. Throw the. Oh, there we go. Finally, the ball's out. That was. Oh. Yeah, that's a. Oh, that's bad, dude. That's yeah. A nasty question. <laughs> Coming back to you with a little bit more fair question. How, how can the Steelers stop Philip Rivers in that uh, Colts offense? Did it last year uh, when he was with the Chargers? The Steelers defense does well against Philip Rivers. They've they've always seemed to do well against him. Uh, the question this year, is, this game is a is what it's been the last couple of games. How are the inside linebackers going to play? Because uh, because we are so so beat up there. Uh, Vince Williams is back, and that's good news. Because as bad as Vince Williams is in man coverage, him and Joe Hayden work so well together that that's almost not a problem. Like he is almost not even an issue in coverage because anything he can't cover, Joe Hayden jumps and, and, and makes plays on. So you can't really attack Vince Williams in our defense when Joe Hayden's playing healthy. And right now they're going to have that. So that's, that's a good strength. Um, but honestly, right now, Philip, Philip rivers is impressive for, for the Colts, what he is doing over there. Like I was looking, one of the pet peeves for me on the, on the Steelers is, our leading, uh, our leader in yards per target is still Chase Claypool at seven point eight yards per target, and there's only one other player uh, with over seven yards per target, and that's James Washington. All the guys Ben throws to the most are down in the sixes in in yards per target, and that's absolutely terrible. Compare that to Philip Rivers, who uh, who right now his six of his top seven targets are over eight yards per target, and his his top three are like. 8.5 and 8.6 and 8.2 like that's that's what Ben used to be doing you know that's what Ben was doing in previous seasons 
we haven't seen that. 2018, we he was kind of dropping off with that. This year, it's there's no yards. He's not gaining. He's, we're not getting plays downfield. Phillip Rivers is doing that on this Colts team, and it, it really is working. It's like the like he like uh, Chris was saying, uh, he's not taking sacks. He's staying upright. You don't see him getting skittish in the pocket. That was one of the things we saw last year when the Steelers beat San Diego with Devlin Hodges at quarterback. Is they had Philip Rivers, you know, here in here in footsteps and, and throwing panic throws because he was just not wanting to get hit. That's not the Philip Rivers we're seeing this year, and he's he's playing great. Now, Chris, talking about the guys that are protecting Philip Rivers, and one guy in particular, obviously Quentin Nelson, one of if not the best interior offensive lineman in the game today a year ago cam hayward had an outstanding performance against quentin nelson uh one that i i don't think many people were expecting no matter how good hayward that uh, we know him to be but do, do you have any uh any reason to believe that quentin nelson's a little extra motivated for this game to try to get uh, the better of hayward after uh, last year's performance Oh, I absolutely think so. He's exactly that kind of guy um, who's going to be thinking about that. And it's one of the things Colts fans love about him. He's a little bit, he's got a little bit of nastiness to him. And I'm sure that he definitely was irritated that, that, you know, that happened, but also, you know, when you get two really good players together, you're going to have that happen to some degree. And so I expect it's going to be a really fun back and forth between those two. Um, And, you know, you've got Nelson. I don't know. He hadn't had a bad year, but he's had, it hasn't been as, uh, over the top impressive this season as it was last season. He's still been a pretty consistent player. Um, and, and it may just be that the the hype on a guard can only carry you so far where you're still getting highlight reels uh, weekly. Um, who, not that many of us, there are some of us football heads who want to watch that, but some casual fans, there's only so much, you know, guard pulling and such that you can watch before you're ready to move on to other things. But um, he's been impressive. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Um, I, I don't know that I've really seen him get thrashed by anybody consistently all season long. He's He's been pretty, pretty excellent for the most part. So um, interested, interested to see it. And I'm sure it's not been on his mind since that point. Hey, as a former college offensive uh, lineman, uh, I've sat through some meetings where we watched the same same guard pulling for an hour and just broke that down. So it, it's fun. It's great. We love it. And I think we all do. It, it's yeah. a good time. It's not boring at all, actually. <laughs> but uh, Jeffrey, coming back over to you, uh, Cam Hayward, can you uh, break down how good he was last year and whether or not you think he can duplicate that against Quentin Nelson again now? Oh, he oh, he was dominant last year. Quentin Nelson, I did a whole film room just on Cameron Hayward uh, on playing Quentin Nelson after that, you know, there was a tweet about it and it got coverage on the national news. Watching that game, Quentin Nelson won like two reps out of that whole game. And most of the time he was just holding on. Like he was just like trying not to get smoked. I don't know. I don't know if he was nursing an injury. You never know. Like they're not going to say if like, oh, you know, I had a little bit of a, a leg issue that day. It wasn't much, but against Cam Hayward, that matters. You know, that can be the difference in a game like that. Uh, I I don't know what to expect this game, though, because you know you know he's going to be coming for Cam Hayward. You know he is very aware of that. He's going to be looking to right that wrong. And we all saw Cam Hayward's face and his body language that last game. That is an angry man. He is, he is angry at himself. He's angry at the team. He's angry at everything right now. He is not okay with what is happening with this team. And you can see it all over his face. Watch his interviews. Watch him in like any of the pictures you see of him during the game on the bench. That is a man who has just had it. He's absolutely had it. And I'm, I'm interested to see 
what he does because this could be a matchup of two men who are just like absolutely not willing to lose this matchup. Uh, so th this it, that's the five star matchup of the game. That is absolutely the number one matchup of the game is is Quentin Nelson and Cameron Hayward, and I can't wait to see it. It's going to be great. Yeah, and as much as we're hyping it now, now I'm all worried that something stupid on the first play is going to happen, like someone getting turf toe, and it's like, oh great, that we hyped it all up for that for that to happen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Knock on wood, really quick, but uh, continuing along, Chris, uh, on the opposite side uh, that of uh, the defensive spectrum here, uh, T.J. Watt for the Steelers. He he's also been having an outstanding season. How are the Colts going to try to uh, try to limit T.J. from himself having a, a big game in the Colts' backfield? Well, um, you know, you've got Braden Smith, who has actually had a pretty solid season. He's kind of an unknown. He goes under the radar in that 2018 class, because when you have Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson as your first couple of picks, it's really easy to be uh, the guy that kind of falls through the cracks. But he's been really pretty solid at right tackle and has had a, you know really good uh, luck on that side and um, kind of the quiet offensive lineman who's who's been really solid they they have typically rolled help over to him because one of his struggles is with anybody who can who can speed rush him he struggles um he's a powerful guy so if you can get hands on guys um he's tough to deal with but a lot of times they've they've rolled jack doyle over to help him uh they'll use they'll use the tight ends pretty heavily uh, in those protections and really they've gotten pretty good pass protection chipping with running backs they're running backs uh, coach Tom Rathman has just really done a great job getting the running backs coached up to to be really good, recognizing guys uh, and getting that extra second. Philip Rivers in in general gets rid of the ball pretty quickly, so if if you've got guys who are able to do that, uh, you know, tie players up and tie pass rushers up with tight ends and with running backs chipping, and um, he can get rid of the ball pretty quickly. He's not mobile at all. Um, I think the the uh, statue of Peyton Manning out front of Lucas Oil Stadium moves better than he does, but um, but he doesn't really have to because he's getting rid of the ball really quickly, and um, they've done a pretty good job of, of kind of rolling protection to kind of help guys out against really good pass rushers. Now, Jeffrey, keeping with the theme of the Steelers linebackers, you mentioned uh, Vince Williams a little bit earlier, but his return, what does that mean to this defense as a whole if, uh, if he is 100% uh, coming back from the COVID list? Well, no matter what, it means Marcus Allen isn't playing the whole game. Uh, Marcus Allen is not that guy. He is not a player you want playing linebacker the whole game. He, he filled in. He's a fill-in. You know, he was second-string dime linebacker to start this this season. Special teams only type of guy. And now he's last game. He was playing a hundred percent. He's playing every nickel snap, every you know three-four snap. He was our dime linebacker, and teams just are going to go after him. If they're seeing him that much, they're going to learn how to beat him. They're going to go after him. And they were, they attacked him like mercilessly. Uh, Buffalo went after him. Cincinnati went after him. He's, he's a weak link getting him off the field, getting Vince Williams in there is going to do wonders for the run defense. Uh, a big, big boost for the run defense. That can't even be overstated. And uh, also in pass, also in the passing game and as a pass rusher, the Steelers with Avery Williamson and Marcus Allen get no pass rush from your inside linebackers. You, you could leave them un, unblocked and they wouldn't know how to get the quarterback down. Uh, that's a little that's a little over, overly harsh, but you know what I'm saying. Vince Williams is a dynamic pass rusher. He's going to be very solid in run support and in those zones. He's He's just better. He knows the defense. He's smart about it. You, you saw Marcus Allen taking his first read and when he passed that guy off, it was like he wasn't picking up that he was, you know, there's someone else entering his zone until like a second later. And he was he was just being late to the ball. 
Uh, Vince Williams is much smarter than that, much better at moving, moving around and, and, you know, reading the whole play. So I expect that to be a big boost to the defense. Now, Chris, uh, talking about the culture rookies, specifically Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, what, what have they meant to the offense and uh, what have they been able to do in, uh, in year one this, thus far? So it's been interesting for both of them. Uh, it, I think it's been a really tough year for rookies in general. Obviously, we've had good rookie performances, but I think for rookies not having normal training camps, it's been tough. Um, wide receiver specifically is a pretty tough position to to kind of figure out as a rookie. A lot of times rookie receivers struggle and Pittman hasn't exactly struggled, uh, but he didn't come along maybe as fast as we hoped that he he would. Um, he dealt with an injury. He had to have surgery. He had a really weird, uh, I think it's called compartment syndrome. He had a really weird uh, calf injury that kind of knocked him out for several weeks and he had to have a, a surgery on it. Um, and that kind of delayed things, but really he's been a solid contributor. He's the Colts spread the ball around a lot. So regardless of how well he had played, he was not going to dominate in uh, targets or anything like that, but he's, he's gotten to be a really nice possession receiver. He's six, four, two He's a big guy. Uh, and he's become much more reliable for rivers. He can move surprisingly well for a guy that size in the open field. And so they like to get him on these little uh, shallow crossers and drag routes and things like that and get the ball in his hands. Cause he can run over a guy uh, gets up to a pretty, I mean, he's not, he's not blazing fast, but for a 223 pound man, he moves pretty good. Um, and not somebody that, you know, a small nickel back or somebody wants to take on if they've got to hit him in the open field. And so um, he's been solid and I expect that we're going to see more of him. Unfortunately for him, T.Y. Hilton kind of made his resurgence uh, right about the time Pittman was really coming on. And so he's faded a little bit. He's still been getting getting five to six targets a game. And I expect he'll be uh, an impact really between the twenties. He hasn't got a lot of looks in the red zone. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is really the guy who's been impressive because he was really struggling at the early part of the season. Um, not real patient. He was, he was hitting holes like he was running behind Wisconsin's offensive line and expecting these holes to open up that were massive. And a lot of times he's running into the back of a blocker because the hole's not there. And um, he wasn't really ready maybe to, to take that step. Marlon Mack um, ruptured his Achilles for in the first week, uh, first half of the first game. And so he kind of took a whole bunch of snaps really early and showed the struggle. And it, it's taken him every bit of eight to 10 weeks to kind of figure out what he needed to do. And you watch him as a runner. Now he's night and day different from what he looked like uh, early on in the season. He's, he's patient. Um, I made a comparison, not a good one. So uh, Steelers fans will undoubtedly not buy this at all, but uh, he, he runs uh, at the line a little bit like Le'Veon Bell, uh, just a very patient runner waiting for his blocks. He's not the same style of runner and he's not the same size or anything in that, in that regard, but the patience, uh, I, I haven't seen a Colts running back run that way. Marlon Mack does a little bit, but I haven't seen a guy run that way. And I don't know if it's because we have over the past several weeks played some pretty bad run defenses. And that's probably a large part of it. Uh, but as a runner, he's really rounded into form at the right time. And uh, man, the Colts need him. If he can run like that, he's, he's a really great talent. Um, he seems to have gotten his bearings, but it's going to be interesting to see if that sticks. Random side note on Michael Pittman. I, I love how he went to USC and his younger brother went to Oregon. Uh, I, I just, I just love that. It just really makes me laugh when they go to oh, rival yeah. schools, uh, opposite to the Watts that just all went to Wisconsin, all lame and whatnot. But oh well. Uh, Jeffrey, um, continuing on with rookies, but uh, the Steelers' defensive rookie. I, I've asked you about Alex Highsmith ever since he took over for Bud Dupree after he tore his ACL. Another week, how is he looking? Is he kind of coming into his own as a, as a pass rusher uh, for the Steelers? He shows so much promise and so much potential. Uh, 
and it's just not there yet. Like you're seeing the moves and he's getting to the quarterback just a hair late, or, you know, he's, he's seeing the play, but it's just a tad bit late. Uh, Cincinnati saw how aggressively he was attacking the run game and the quarterback trying to get that, like over that hump and start making those plays. And, and that's where you saw Ryan Finley start running the ball, pulling it and running the ball because Highsmith wasn't checking the quarterback at all. He was going straight for the running back. Uh, they they gashed us with that a couple of times. He is not Bud Dupree. He is going to be really good. We've seen that. This is not a miss. This guy is, has the skills. He's going to be a good edge rusher uh, with with really you know star potential if everything comes together for him. Uh, but he's not that guy yet. He's not that guy yet. But he's he's good. Okay, uh, let me load this up before we go to break here, uh, guys. With all due respect, let's talk about what it's going to take to win against the Colts. So, so with that said, let's go into our break. Um, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast side, you, you can just click over to part two right now. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, just just hang tight, sit there. Uh, we will be back in a quick moment. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.